Cherry grew up in the Philippines and, like many others, was a Catholic. After moving to Australia, she was married with small children and then suffered from debilitating depression. But then she found the truth and God did only what God can do. He healed her miraculously. It's a wonderful story. Just a note about Cherry's story. If you've not listened to our episodes before, we know from Cherry's and many others that God can heal all manner of physical, emotional and mental illnesses. However, if you're not a believer yet or you need immediate help regarding depression or mental ill health, in Australia you can contact Lifeline on 131114 or lifeline.org.au. If you're overseas, then visit your local health practitioner or emergency department. Okay, time to get on with Cherry's story. It is amazing. Cherry, welcome to Revival on the Air today. Welcome you for coming here. We're in your home uh, yeah. here, in, here in Adelaide. <laughs> yeah. You've got some amazing things to thank the Lord for over your many years of following him. Where did it all start for you? I can honestly say I was seven years old when yeah. I received the Holy Spirit and this language was so comforting for me. I was a very insecure and distressed uh, little girl at the time I received it. And you were not living in Australia then? I was in Manila Mm -hmm. in the Philippines. And uh, at the age of 10, my parents migrated to Australia. And you said earlier that you went searching for God and you looked for him in in the Catholic Church? Yes, I, I was a very devoted Catholic girl. Okay. And I and were your parents devoted Catholics as well? Very devoted, yeah. especially mum. She uh, taught us to pray the rosary every day and mum went to uh, Catholic Mass just about every day, she said, except for the times that... Uh, she had eight of us babies. She was in hospital, <laughs> so she couldn't go to mass. Yeah, but she was very, very dedicated. So it instilled... Which is not uncommon really in the Philippines, isn't it? Because Catholic, the Catholic faith is very strong in the Philippines. Yes. So. At that time, probably there was uh, about 90% Catholics. Yeah. But now a lot of uh, many different denominations are coming into the country. Yeah. Now, you're not Catholic now. No, praise the Lord. I suffered major depression when I was 26 years old, many years ago. Yeah. I'm 62 now. You're not 62, (laughs) Yeah, so so that was many years ago, 36 years ago. So, praise the Lord. And what Uh, what did major depression look like for you? It's a feeling of hopelessness and despair and nothing within you could get you out of this hopelessness and despair and you don't see any future ahead of you and all these negative thoughts start telling you that I'm good for nothing and it fed that I'll never come to anything and I'm not a good mother and all these different negativity in your head and you almost feel this panic attack that something terrible is going to happen. It was very frightening for a young 26-year-old mother of two. Yeah, At that time, I'd had my son was three and Teresa was two and a half and uh, it was a very difficult time for me. And how long did this go on for? Five months. Yeah. And I was seeking help from specialists and uh, doctors were trying to give me medication. I just was very scared to take medication, but I had to 
because they said that if I don't, I'll have a terrible life. And what it, the effect that medication had on me was it, I felt that it took away my personality and it made me worse. At that time, the medications weren't very good, I don't think, in the early 80s. And But I had not just antidepressants, I had very heavy medication as well, above antidepressants. And I was taking two types of medication and um, one of it was particularly really heavy and they thought that I needed heavier drugs than antidepressants and I felt like I had, they called it, what Graham thought it made me do was, it, it was, I became crippled by like a chemical straitjacket by it and I couldn't, I was dysfunctional. As a 26-year-old mother, I couldn't do anything with it because my emotion and my intellect and my personality all shut down. And because your inner person had shut down, you can't even physically operate yeah. normally. Yeah. That must have been really hard because you'd obviously, you know, suffering from this incredible depression. Yeah. You'd, you'd reached out to the medical community to help you with that and that didn't solve it. It made it, in fact, worse. Yes. Which would, I imagine, feed back into that fear of helplessness and lack of hope. Yes, that's right. And those helplessness and lack of hope you're talking about was feeding my mind that I was hopeless, desperate mother, good for nothing. I'd had no future. And it was such a dark world. I felt like I was bottom the heap of the human race in a dark pit. Yeah, wow. So something happened because you're not that person now. No. And praise be to God, something happened. I remember being crouched in the corner of our home in Hallett Cove and my two children, by God's grace, they had each other because I couldn't tend to them, two-year-old and three-year-old running around the house, and I was in the kitchen, crouched down in a corner and yelling out to God, God, help me. And the first thing, first light of hope in my mind was that go to a revival meeting. It was amazing because I'd been told by a dear, dear soul to come to Revival Fellowship for seven years, but I rejected it for seven years. And why did you reject it? Because I was a strong Catholic girl and I thought that Catholicism was a universal church, being the word Catholic means universal, and I was brought up Catholic and that was a fabric of my culture. Like you said earlier, Filipinos are 90% Catholics and and I, I just... I guess it was intertwined in my, you know, in my upbringing. And then it was very hard for me to process that I was in the wrong faith because I love God so much. And so I rejected it for seven years. And then this light of hope, because I knew that the Word of God, I had respect for the Bible. And when this girl kept talking to me, I I did acknowledge that, yeah, God can do wonderful things. However, I still didn't want to do it her way or she was showing me the Bible way, but I didn't process it correctly at that time. But in desperation, when I yelled out to God, crouched up in the kitchen floor, 
God help me. I was really, really yelling out at the top of my, God help me. And this light of hope came into my mind and said, go to a revival meeting. And I knew I had to go. I knew I had to go to a revival meeting. So what did you do next? Wow. It was a Tuesday night and I asked my husband, oh, I think I better go to this revival meeting. And funnily enough, Graham was always anti-revival. Was he, was he a Catholic as well? Or? Well, he had converted because I said, I'm not going to marry a non-Catholic <laughs> because they believe in divorce. That's how I used to think. <laughs> so um, he, wasn't, he wasn't in it for the faith. He was in it for you. Yeah, he did. He got me out of the convent because I was going to be a nun. And oh, Yeah. Right. And, uh, so you nearly ended up a nun in a convent. Yeah, I did. So it's a Tuesday night. Graham's not really a believer, but you said, you know, I want to go to this revival meeting. And what happened? Well, Graham believed in God, but he thought that was his insurance policy for later in life. But anyway, on that Tuesday night, he said, okay, you just go and see what happens because he saw my desperate plight. And I went to um, a revival meeting and I, I just saw these people, young and old and middle-aged and it was a beautiful community of joy, and the joy was within them. It wasn't just, it was just happy seems like a word that wasn't enough for what I saw. Right. Joy was more of a deeper word, and I, I just loved what I saw, that I wanted that joy that the people have in, within them. And had you not seen that elsewhere? Not like that. There was a presence of God there that I hadn't really seen so unified, so happy, so joyful, and across age borders, young, old, and middle age. I, I just thought that was so beautiful. Yeah. And so what happened next? And so I, um, I was challenged at the end of the meeting. They opened up the Bible to me, and I uh, trusted the Bible. I was very wary of the people, though. I didn't trust the people, but the Word of God, when they opened it up, Yes, I trusted it. And they opened it up to John 3, verse 5, and there's a man who's born of water and of the Spirit. He cannot enter the kingdom of God. And I said, I was a bit stubborn. I said, but I've been baptized. And soon after I've said that, at the back of my mind, there was a rebuke and said, you're a baby. You didn't really make that decision. And Jesus was 30 when he was baptized. So I softened, my heart softened straight away. And I thought, oh, Jesus is 30. Okay, I'll get baptized. I was 26. And when I went there and I went under the water and I came out of the water, the Lord blessed me with a conviction, a great conviction that he would heal me from my depression. And in his wisdom, he didn't heal me immediately, but he gave me the conviction. And I just knew I was going to get healed. I knew it. So did you believe in healing at that stage? Like, did you believe that God could miraculously heal you? Yes, I could believe God could miraculously heal me. And I believed God could do things better than doctors could. And uh, when I came out of that water, I just I just looked to the Lord and I had the best thoughts in my head. I thought, if I'm going to get healed, I have to think of Jesus. And I thought, Jesus, you love me. My prayer was, Jesus, you love me. You're going to heal me. 
and I thank you for it. Because those three little phrases, Jesus, you love me, you're going to heal me, and I thank you, Lord, is because I thought of my mind, thought of how he died for me on that cross. And it really touched me. It inspired me to focus on his great love. And it's a powerful place to put your mind in, a powerful place to be in when Jesus just takes over your mind. It's it's amazing. I'm so glad that Jesus became the focus of my healing and that I thought of good things of how powerfully it is to think of him, how he loves me, he's going to heal me. And I thanked him. I dared to thank the Lord before my healing. And I felt retrospectively that was my best medicine. I just kept saying it over and over. You love me, Lord. You're going to heal me. Thank you, Lord. And it's so counter to how you were feeling about yourself, right? Because, you know, that feeling of worthlessness and, you know, who am I and I'm the lowest in society and here the God, the creator of the universe loves you. Absolutely. And he's going to heal you. So what an amazing change of your mind. Yeah, my mindset completely turned around from the darkness of the pit that I was in, the pits of humanity, and then to the place where thinking of Jesus dying for me and the love he had for me and daring to praise him, like I felt like I knew what exercising my faith was about yeah. when I thanked him. And it was a powerful place, really powerful. And I just, I just so blessed. Yeah. To think of what he can do, you know, if I focus my mind on him. You mentioned before in John 3 about being born of the water and of the Spirit. When did you realize you were filled with the Holy Spirit? The teachings of the Revival Fellowship was very profound for me because there was clarity. And when they told me about speaking in tongues. As a sign of receiving as a sign the Holy of Spirit. Students, I remember having an experience as a child. And I was so distressed, and I poured my heart out to God as a crying seven-year-old child in a little prayer room we have in our home, and I just felt this language came out of me. And the Holy Spirit brings to remembrance, it says in the Word, and I remembered that event. And had you prayed in the Holy Spirit from when you were seven? and you, your tongue changed and you received the Holy Spirit. Had you continued to pray in the Holy Spirit at that point or, or no? Not diligently, as it were. I actually went with a group when I was a Catholic girl that one of the ladies invited me to this other group, which is a non-Catholic group. So I was really, I was really searching for the Lord. And um, this other non-Catholic girl she was Pentecostal and she laid hands on me and I heard the word recibiendo and this is like, this recibiendo is a Spanish word for receiving and I knew, it's like God confirmed me I was receiving of his power. But I also recalled to mind when I was seven years old. So that was only in my search for God, that was one of the journey of actually reigniting the Holy Spirit, if you like. But I wasn't, there was no clarity in the group. 
And so it was just another passing experience, and I didn't really diligently use the Holy Spirit. Once you'd been baptised by full immersion at the Revival Fellowship and then then been taught that what you had received was in fact the Holy Spirit in the manner in which it's outlined in the Bible. Yes. That's the wonderful thing is the clarity that the Revival Fellowship taught me about what I had was powerful Holy Spirit and power from heaven. And so I learned to seek the, whole, the Lord with his uh, power of the Holy Spirit, praying in the Spirit. Yeah. And I remember when I was new in the Lord as a baby in Christ, I was envying, righteous envy of all the signs, wonders and miracles people were talking about. And I thought, how do I do that? <laughs> and it was as simple as being encouraged to pray and use the power that I've got. Yeah. And so I had the encouragement as a baby in Christ, a house meeting, a house leader was always there checking and making sure we were all right. And we grew in a house meeting. It was such a special family. It's like your, your family in the Lord is your house meeting and then your extended families are Sunday meetings and all the other activities. And it was a beautiful um, environment. But it's it took di- us a while. It's different from natural family, right? Because natural family, we're bonded by blood, but with the spiritual family, we're bonded by the spirit, which is even more powerful. It's so it, amazing. It is. It's a real bond of, of I've never seen a church, and I, I searched many churches in high school, and I have never seen a church that is so well bonded together, so united in the spirit because they had that clarity, a vision about God. So when did you recognise that you were healed from your depression? Three weeks after my baptism. Okay. After taking this wonderful medicine of, Lord, you love me, you're going to heal me, thank you, Lord. It was like going up a rung of a ladder out of this horrible pit every time. I said, Lord, you love me, you're going to yeah. heal me, thank you, Lord. Very powerful thoughts about Jesus, really amazing miracle. And so three weeks later, yeah, completely gone. Yeah, that's right. It was just amazing. Then I had to battle the fiery dance of the enemy in my head because the head is such a powerful place. And, you know, I was being condemned in my brain about, oh, you know, you should be doing it this way. You should be doing things this way. I was feeling... What, what sort of things? What do you mean by that? So even though the depression had lifted, right, I'd overcome my depression, right. but then another thing... Every now and then you would have these these bad thoughts that would come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it would overwhelm me and it would condemn me and then I would lose my joy. But my husband was very good encouragement and also the fellowship was very good encouragement. And I had to remember my victory with my, my recent victory over the depression. I had to regroup my thinking and mindset that Jesus loves me and that the mind can think things that, but the heart is another. Like my mind would condemn me about bad thoughts and I didn't want to think of those bad thoughts. I felt that they were like fiery darts of the enemy to pull away my joy in the Lord. But my heart was secure in the Lord. I had to learn that my heart was with the Lord but my mind was still a raging storm until 
I had to learn to walk in the spirit and then start to grow in the spirit and get another victory over my mind because my mind was in a messy place after depression. And I just felt that it was actually the opposition trying to pull me away from God. It was a war of finding goodness in God and the opposition, you would try to use condemnation to try and pull me away. The opposition attacks us where, we, where we're often the weakest. Absolutely. And if the condemnation was, was a challenge for you, then why not attack you there? Mm. Yes, yes. And I, uh, I just felt such a relief every time I learnt my mindset had to be back on Jesus. And the thing is, there's always battles in, in your walk and there's always also rejoicing, a lot of celebrations in your walk when your children receive the Holy Spirit. What a joy. When a child comes back to the Lord, what a joy. But the, with the battles, what we have to remember, I felt, was that I had to remind myself where, how my battles were won previously. Previously, because yeah. Our minds as human beings are so forgetful yeah. of even the greatest victories. So I have to, you know, the uh, storms in life still come, but I had to still remind myself of that victory, which is a beautiful place to be thinking of Jesus, yeah. the joy of living, you know. I think that's fantastic advice for everybody who's going to be listening to this because you're right, we are so easy to forget, so quickly we forget. Yes. Not only the grace of God and what he's done for us, but how, how we were able to take hold of that victory. Absolutely. Well, it's so wonderful to hear of what God's done in your life and in your family's life. Yes. Um, he is certainly a miraculous, gracious God, isn't he? Yes, yes. Well, thank you for sharing your stories with us. Yes. Oh, you're very welcome, Ben. Thank you for coming and it's a joy to share the Lord. Amen. Wow, God is so amazing. There's actually quite a number of scriptures in the Bible which describe what we might consider now depression. And one of my favorites is in Psalm 40 in verse 1, in which King David wrote to the chief musician, a Psalm of David, I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. That's the promise right there, folks, which Cherry was absolutely able to tap into. Praise God. I hope you join us again. And please feel free to reach out for a chat via email, Instagram or Facebook. And until next time, God bless.